So good to see you today on this uh, beautiful fall Sunday morning. So this declaration, we say it uh, quite a lot. Uh, it says, we declare our joy in you, O God. And I don't know if you remember the song we sang right before that, but every giant will fall, every mountain will move. So we declare our joy in you, O God. No, we declare our joy in you. <laughs> He's done amazing things, right? Right? That, and there's a connection between what we've been doing, worshiping God in our, in our giving. And so we declare our joy in you. You're a good father. You provide for us. And we thank you for community. Wow, the things we take for granted, right? We thank you for community and for food. Wow, the things we take for granted. And jobs and shelter. And we thank you for patience as we trust you. That We thank you that you're patient with us as we're learning to trust you. Because a lot of times we're not trusting you. Everybody's been anxious about money this week, raise your hand. Everybody's been anxious about the future, raise your hand. Everybody anxious about the stock market, raise your hand. A future, right? Well, there have been times all the hands would have gone up, right? But we thank you for your patience with us as we trust you. You are compassionate, merciful, and just in our offerings to you. We gladly offer ourselves to be the body of Christ on earth. You are amazing. Amen? Yeah, wow, what a, what a great worship moment this is. So I, I was, uh, this week, um, I met, met with a, a friend of mine, a brother of mine here in the church, a follower of Jesus, and, um, and I just asked him to write down uh, his testimony in regard to some of these things. And so he writes this, um, during this past year, I was interested to grow in the business I started a couple of years ago. I kept wondering what's the best avenue, what the best avenue would be to kick kickstart each month. So I started praying to God. Okay, there's, a, there's always a good thing, right? So I started worrying. No, I started praying to God and thanked him for all that he was doing in my life. And I started to have a conversation with him and ask him for his direction and help to bring me the additional business I was looking for. The business started to grow soon after my conversation with God my prayers were being listened to and acted on in a very real fashion. I realized that I was serving God in a very positive way to many people throughout my business that the Lord was bringing my way. All right? And so he says this. I had the opportunity to share knowledge, experience, customer service, business relationships through these contacts that the Lord had brought me. Then came the Sunday when Pastor Tom, this at the end of August, talked about serving the Lord through our lives, our jobs, etc., I realized that I'd been doing just that for several months, asking the Lord to provide for me new business so I could serve him through my service. Over time, my business began to grow. As I continued to pray, I knew that the Lord and I were in mutual agreement through my conversations and prayers with him and that it was not just a one-way street. Then it came upon me through my conversation with God. That would be prayer, right? I just love this. Through my conversation with God that I wanted also to provide, in addition to my prayers of thanks, a way to pass along something more. The Lord said to me, if you and I work together on your business, and if you meet your monthly goal, how about a contribution to ministry if that goal is reached? Keep in mind that up to that point, my goal had fallen short each month for the past two years. For several months now, my business has met my monthly go, and when it does, the amount of the next sale goes directly to the ministry of the church. I continue to realize that the Lord focuses directly on each of us, shorting no one for the things we ask. 
It may not come in a way we expect, but then again, it just might. The Lord and I continue to talk, and I'm excited to see what will come up in the next opportunity for me to serve him through my business. That's pretty good, right there. So I, 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 really, I really wanted to relate that to you because this man uh, is uh, living an amplified life, right? So he's living out an amplified life. He is learning, and he's in conversational uh, relationship with God. He is responsive and obedient to what God brings to him and shows him to do. He's living sacrificially to a degree. He's learning to acknowledge God in all things. And so just even in our giving, you know, when you give, like, give to the general fund, when you give, you know, to the extra when you give, when you, you just like are creating an opportunity for God to work uh, through this space. You know, every church all through our region just depends on the faithful givers of people. And I'm just so excited to say that even the last two months, we've had like five or so new new givers like PNC, people that are getting on board and learning to give. And so it's just like, it, it's just a true act of just, when it's done in worship to God, it's just like a beautiful thing to him because he just sees that we're not, we're not all about uh, consuming, but we are like learning to trust him and giving our tithes, our offerings, and, and spontaneous giving as he tells us to. It's on our minds, right? Just like it was on, on this uh, fellow follower of Jesus' mind. So I'm excited about God moving. That's, that's transformational, right? Hey, let's pray. Thank you, God, for being here today. Thank you for the joy of giving to you. Thank you for how you are uh, teaching us and showing us to live, not in the myth of scarcity, but how to live out generously what all, from what you've given to us. And Lord, I pray that we would just learn the joy, all of us learn the joy of just walking hand in hand with you and just letting what you give to us flow through us to others. And we are so thankful that you are faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're really called to live an amplified life, right? So what we're talking about from First Peter I just want to, uh, in, a, in a printed paragraph that kind of starts all this, contrary to common belief, we are not idle bystanders as God does his work with us and around us. We are called to agree with God, to surrender to the desires of God, and to engage as participants in God's saving activity in the church and in the world. So the deal is, is that God is saving us right now. All of us who are part, who are followers of Jesus, God is saving us. God is doing saving, restorative work within our lives, right? He's just like, I don't know about you, but I'm not, I'm not as whole now as I'm going to be, <laughs> right? And I'm not as broken as I used to be. But the thing is, is that God is at work saving us, restoring us, like forgiving and cleansing and healing the wounds and uh, teach us how to live um, uh, focused on him and our relationship with him and bringing us into all of the abundant life that he has for us through, even though there are all kinds of troubles around us, all kinds of needs, all kinds of, of uh, like frustrations, right? We are learning that we don't have to live in frustration and futility and inferiority, but instead we're invited to live into the fullness that is ours, in Jesus Christ, right? So how, like, whew, that's just like, that's given.
to you and to me by our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are here to give ourselves to Jesus and to give Jesus to others. So you can't give what you don't have, right? What, you know, give me Jesus. Give me, take, you can have all the world. Give me Jesus, right? You really believe that? I don't know. But it is, it is good to consider, not as an ideal, you know, not as some, someday, maybe when I raise my family after we get all this, you know, maybe when I get, you know, when life's not so busy, I'm going to do this. Yeah, guess what? <laughs> no, it's the call right now. Give me Jesus, right? Give me Jesus. If, if we are willing to receive Jesus, we're willing to give ourselves to Jesus, then we will be able to give Jesus to the world. Do you understand? So, like, you're just not, like, here occupying, occupying space, you know. You know, you're not just here producing, you know, carbon dioxide. Like, you are actually here to give Jesus to the world. To give Jesus to your world, to the people in your life, to the spheres of influence in which you find yourselves. Because you are, yourself, offering your life to Jesus. Amen? And that, that's just like, when we understand this, it just leads to a, a, an incredibly amplified uh, life. So the passage that we've been looking at for the last couple of weeks, and I'm just, I'm just diving back into it again. First um, uh, uh, Peter chapter 2, uh, excuse, chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, right? It says this. As you come to him, to Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood and offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Just such a, a, a great... God's vision for us is that he is taking us who have been made alive to Christ, who have, who have identified with Jesus and who have received the work of Jesus on the cross and in his resurrection and the giving of the Spirit. We've received what Jesus is doing and who he is into our lives as the core of who we are. We're, we've, we've received his life. We've given our lives over to him. And as a result, we are being built, right, by God. As living stones, we've been built into a spiritual house. So we don't have, like, we, we don't have, like, stones scattered there. When we were in Africa, and uh, many times in Malawi, Africa, we take these bricks that have been, you know, been made out of the mud by hand, and then uh, some of them have been, been fired, you know, kind of by wood, wood fire, and kind of hardened. And uh, sometimes you look out, there's just mounds of bricks, right? <clears throat> the bricks are just like scattered about. They're not forming anything. And a lot of times we think, you know, if we don't understand that God is building something, all we're going to imagine for ourselves is that we're just a pile of bricks, right? You're just a pile of bricks, you know. Oh, there's a pile of bricks, right? And of no use, Right? Right? But we are, it says, being built together into a spiritual house. In other words, into the temple, a temple in which God dwells on the earth. So we are the hands and feet of Jesus. We're the body of Christ. We're the community of believers. We're followers of Jesus who spend time with Jesus, who give our lives to Jesus, and then together we are giving Jesus to the world. And we are being built together, right? So God is actually making something. He's making something beautiful. Something like astonishing. Like, how did that happen, right? 
How do people of different backgrounds and different experiences in different languages and, you know, and different ethnicities, how, how did these people come together in such beautiful unity, expressing the love of Christ? Oh my goodness, we see Jesus in you. How did this happen? Because God is doing it, right? And God is taking each one of our lives and he's building us together into a spiritual house, right? Amen? Right? You, I mean, I don't know. This, this, this is what he's doing. It says so. I didn't come up with this. It says that he is taking us and building us into a spiritual house. And then we read this, right? First Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. And above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to each other without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. And if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So I want to talk to you today about that last part, really, and, and, and this matter of serving, right? So being present to one another as Jesus. Being present to one another. Now, can you imagine? I mean, when you look at those verses, like, can you imagine a community of people who are so focused in their relationship with Jesus that they're learning to pray through everything that, that comes into their lives. They will learn to pray together and work through things uh, individually in their own relationship with God. And, and bringing all that together, they're learning to love. Can you imagine a community of people that are uh, loving each other deeply? And a love is so deep and so pervasive that there's no offense that is allowed to fester. There, there's no hurt that's allowed, that's, that, that's, that's given a shelf life, right? There's, there's nothing that's going on in the failures and imperfections and weaknesses of sins that is allowed to come and disrupt the community of love that's happening because people are so quick to forgive. People are so quick to offer to others what they themselves have received from Jesus. Like today we're going to take communion, right? We're going to take the broken, the broken bread, which represents the body of Jesus, for us, and we're going to take the cup, which represents his poured out blood for the forgiveness of sins. Woohoo! I'm so glad about that, right? We get to do that. So we're going to take this into our, into our bodies. We're going to drink this as, in remembrance of him. And when we do that, we're going to remember that what he has done for us, we are precisely to do that toward anyone who has offended us, hurt us, um, uh, disappointed us in any way, whether they intended to or not. All right, so can you imagine a community where such love is prevalent, where there, where there is, where there, there, we are not defined by what, by the complaint we have in common. We're defined by the Lord Jesus, whom we have in common. Amen. So there's a lot of coming together today around what everybody's complaining about. Man, I'm, we're really together in this. No, you're not together. Your complaint is together, but your hearts in Christ are not together. Right. And so this is what we're called to. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing. So this, can you imagine a people then who are offering hospitality to one another without grumbling and, and they're serving one another with the gifts that God has given to them and there's this joy and f- fearlessness 
about the way in which we're giving our lives away. And in the end, can you imagine a spiritual house being built together, a community of people just scattered all across this region in which Jesus Christ is praised and God is glorified. So when people finish seeing us, they walk away saying, oh my goodness, God must really be good. That's what it is, right? So can you imagine this? Can you imagine it? I, I just love, I just love that the song we're going to sing at the end of this before, and as we receive communion uh, by Phil Wickham, the living hope, is how great the chasm that lay between us, how high the mountain I could not climb, in desperation I turned to heaven, and I spoke your name into the night, and then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadow of my soul. The work is finished the end is written, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Uh, who can imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken. I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Amen. See, when, when uh, Peter writes, the end of all things is near, you know what he's saying? He's not just saying that, hey, now, thankfully, finally, this whole world's going to be wiped out, and, you know, you know, judgment is coming. Now, there's judgment, and there's all kinds. But listen, Jesus Christ, our living judge, right? Jesus, the one who died for us. Man, if I'm going to have a judge, I want someone who gave his life for me, because I guarantee you, that's a lot better standing than just a judge who doesn't give a rip about me, Right? And so, but when he says the end of all things is near, he's, see, right, seriously, we're reading this. Are you kidding me? He he said the end of all things is all near, and we've waited like for 2,000 years, and Jesus still hasn't come back. So is this like an empty promise? Is this stupid? Or does he mean something else? So let me suggest to you that he means this. What is at, what is, what the end of all things is near, what, what has ended is the old way of life. And what has come is the new way of life in Jesus. The old is gone, the new has come. Anyone in Christ is a new creation. So listen, we are here proclaiming, hey, the end is coming, man. The old is done. The old is done. Right now, we begin to live into the new life, the new creation that God has given to us. And there's going to be a day when Jesus completes it all. But right now, it has begun. The end, the end of all things, right? The old, the end is near. Listen, the end, it's at hand. But now, this new life, a, a flourishing life of freedom and joy in the Lord Jesus Christ, a powerful love of sacrificial service. It's all here in Jesus. And a new narrative is being written. A new story is being told. That's good news. No, do you think, you don't, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Because we live like we're still in the old narrative. We live like, hey man, we, we're Eeyore. Everything is terrible, right? <laughs> Nothing is good. Heard that yesterday. I thought that was just so accurate, right? Hey, no, what? Listen, listen to your head, what you're thinking. Listen to your mouth, what you're saying. Listen, listen to your, watch your actions. Do you live as one who has been given a living hope? Amen? So he's saying, this is what we're called into right here. We're called into this community being built together as living stones. There was a, a, a woman, a dear woman in our church who been through a traumatic, traumatic past, traumatic past. And anyway, 
as she's trying to be part of a community, part of a community of faith, like a group life community. As she's trying to do that, she realizes there's a resistance within her, right? And, and, and she, she, she just shared with me a, a piece of her journal this week, and, and she writes this, Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I, I, I'm not loving the, these people by pushing them away. My family pushed me away, and I always felt different. I, treated, I, I treat people or groups from the position that was mine as a child in my family of origin. I always felt like and called myself the black sheep. I continue to believe that lie to this day many times. Some of us struggle with this community idea because our first community in life, our families, our family of origin, were so broken that we can't imagine anything differently and we live out of that wounded position. <laughs> what we're being called into is radically different than what we have normally experienced. What we're being called into is the natural result of having been born into a living hope by Jesus Christ. God is doing such a great work. I just want to remind you and just alert you, kind of first time you'll hear this, but on November 15 and 16, it's going to offer here Friday night and Saturday uh, a living free intensive where we just want to help you get free. Help you get free. Put on your calendars now because it matters, right? It matters. If we keep living out the old narrative, we will, we will stymie the growth of our life in Christ moving forward. But Jesus had us a better way, right? The work of Jesus is powerful. If every chain is broken, then there's a way to live as though every chain is broken. And it's not just a nice song. (laughs) It's actually my living testimony. So we keep coming to him. Now, let me just focus on this piece for the rest of our time this morning. Serve one another with what God has given you. So this is the part here. Serve one another Serve one another. Serve one another. It's in the verses 9 and 10. No, or 10 and 11. Serve one another. Everybody say the word serve with me. Serve. Right. Um, wow. Uh, that, that sounds really good as long as I get to define what that is. Right? As long as it doesn't inconvenience me, cost me too much, as long as, long as I can still be at the front of the line. <laughs> As long as people will rise up and call me blessed and please notice how I'm serving because I really need you to. But, but what does it mean? What does it mean? Serve. Serve one another. Now remember, these are things we're actually to do. <laughs> I always laugh because it shouldn't be necessary to say that. But we read this and we go, okay, that's nice. And then we just go on to the next thing. And we never like consider that we're to do this. Okay, what is God doing? He's building us into a spiritual house. This is the way he's building us into a spiritual house in these ways. That we're, we're free to love and we're free to serve and we're free to give ourselves away. And we're free to follow Jesus into the low place, the sacrificial place, the healing place. In offering ourselves to Jesus, we offer Jesus to others. Now, the, the disciples had a lot of difficulty with this one to serve one another. They had, they had great difficulty. Do you have any, any trouble with that? Um, I do. 
But I want to read you a couple of examples from the scriptures from uh, Mark's gospel. And by the way, um, most, uh, many scholars believe that Mark's gospel is really, uh, 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 is really uh, the testimony of, uh, of Peter. It's really, it, Mark is really writing down Peter's experience. Okay? Like, it's just like, so the whole idea, whether Mark writes from what Peter's telling him or, or what, these stories here in Mark 10, Peter was present for every one of those, right? So Peter, who writes to us these words to serve one another, he is present in this, these stories, okay? So the first one is this in Mark, in, in Mark 10, 13. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant, and he said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms placed his hands on them, and blessed them. Now, man, this place, is, this is filled with emotion. Uh, Peter, was, Peter was all a part of this. It's like the people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples, Peter included, rebuked them. He rebuked them. They, they found themselves at odds with Jesus, right? And when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. And he said, let the kids come to me and don't hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. It was just huge, a huge piece. And they, they were just stumbling. It's just like a simple thing. It was just like kids were being brought. I mean, seriously, kids were being brought to Jesus, but they were thinking high and mighty. They were thinking, hey, we're with the rabbi who was raising the dead and who is, you know, healing people and casting out demons. He does not have time for kids. I have an uncle who's a longtime pastor in Bakersfield, California. He was endeared to children because every time a kid would come up, no matter who he was talking to, he would say, excuse me. And he'd get on his knees. He'd look at the children face to face and talk to them. Here's the point. Do we have time for the least of these? Do we have the time for the unimportant? Do we have time for people who are not going to advance our career, are not going to advance our reputation, are not going to advance our standing, they're not going to advance, you know, whatever else? Do we just have time for them, right? Jesus says, this is, this is the kingdom. Follow me. This is what I'm doing. You followers of me, he says, then follow me. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> do what I do. Right? So convicting, right? Oh, it doesn't have to be kids. It just could be people that are easily overlooked, right? How often we're drawn to people who can advance us rather than realizing our standing in Christ has us right where we already need to be. So let's just go ahead and give ourselves away. Oh, Mark 10. My goodness, the same chapter. I mean, Jesus said, no sooner done this than this happens, right? Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. That feels like a setup, doesn't it? Do your kids ever come to you and say, hey, would you do for me what I want you to do? I go, uh, you know, you just don't want to trust that kind of statement, right? Here it is. 
So, uh, well, what do you want me to do for you, he asked. And they replied, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left hand in your glory, because we know you're headed to glorious places, and we just want these best seats of honor. And Jesus says, well, you don't know what you're asking, and they didn't. Yeah, can you drink the cup of suffering that I, eh, I'm to drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm to be baptized with, which was suffering? He said, we, they said, we can, we can, you know. And Jesus said, well, you will, <laughs> you will. But, uh, but to sit at my right hand or my left hand is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. But when the ten heard about this, the other ten disciples heard. They became indignant with James and John. They became mad that these guys were asking what they really wanted to ask. (laughs) And Jesus called them all together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers, you know, in this world, they lord it over the people they're governing. And their high officials exercise authority over them, but not so with you. You want to repeat that phrase, not so with you? Not so with you. Just say it again. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to give his life as a ransom for many. We're going to take the sacrament today. He did not come to be served, but to give his life as a restorative sacrifice for all of us so we could be Brought into a right relationship with God and with each other. So, you know, here it is. Right? So he, this is called a service, right? It's like it's so powerful. It's embedded. And Peter was here. Peter was all a part of this. So when he writes, serve one another, I can just imagine ringing in the back of his head are these, are these stories of, of what he experienced with Jesus. I'm sure he's going, oh, my goodness. God, thank you for your patience and your forgiveness. Teach us how to do this as you have done it to us. So here, given that, let let me just ask you this. How do you you discover your grace gifts, right? How do you serve one another in what way? So let's just, let's just, uh, let me just try to put it in this way. Um, First of all, do a deep dive into these verses 7, 8, and 9. Do a deep dive into these verses. Like, like live with a focused mind on Christ so that you can pray. So pray. Do a deep, I say deep dive. I'm sorry for that. Because I, 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 I know some of you need to step in the shallow end. But that's okay. Step in the shallow end and start moving. Start moving in this direction, right? If you stand outside the pool, if you stand outside of this truth and you don't do anything with it, you're never going to get to the place that we're called to as followers of Jesus. So just, the goal is a deep dive, but if you're not there yet, then step into the kiddie pool, step into the shallow side and start moving toward this, right? So that means to pray, and that means to, to start being part of community, right? And, and start uh, learning to have hospitality to one another and open your lives, your minds and your homes and your, and, and your, ta- your schedule and your affections. Hospitality, start opening yourself up to one another. Offer hospitality. Get out of your solitary conceit or your solitary fear and, you know, those things that bind you up and, you know, the, 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 the 
past experiences you've had that are defining you and begin to let Jesus define you and, and step into offering hospitality to one another. So, like, yeah. In other words, you just have to start thinking differently. Lynette and I were uh, talking the other day about, about loving deeply, and, and we just, she just said this phrase, and I just can't get away from it. She says, I, I, I need to think more deeply. I need to think more deeply. And so the whole idea, yes, we need to think more deeply. And sometimes it means we've got to think differently than we have been thinking, right? We're going to think differently. And we begin to think with the mind of Jesus. Like, did you know, as a follower of Christ, baptized into Jesus Christ, did you know that you have been given the mind of Jesus? It says so in the Word. You have, you have the mind of Christ. Now, what if that mind... <laughs> started flourishing? What if that mind started just coming alive in you? So here, here, take a deep dive in the verses 7 through 9. You want to discover giftings? Giftings are discovered in community. That's what we're talking about, in community with one another. Giftings are discovered, right? I know I could give you a list. Here are the, here are the gifts. Choose one. What do you think is yours? That's helpful to a degree, It is also superficial to a degree because what we first and most of all need is to be in community with one another. Love each other deeply from the heart for love covers a multitude of sin. Offer hospitality. Broaden out your heart and your space and your time for others. And as you do that, you know what's going to happen? You're going to begin to stumble into the amazing giftedness that God has provided for you. You can learn much more, but it's never to be done outside of community, of relationships to one another. Here, a gift, let's just talk about it like this. There's a lot of ways to define this, but a gift is, in this sense, is a God-given ability that is used and empowered by the Holy Spirit to bring spiritual encouragement to others through acts or words that communicate God's love. Could be a little cumbersome, but just focus on a few things. It's God-given ability. In other words, you may have a talent, but the ability, the God-given ability is how you employ that talent. The manner in which you do it that brings about, like in acts of service or in words, brings about encouragement to someone in regards to God's love. It communicates God's love to somebody. God is present in it. God is working through it. Right? And each one of us each one of us, followers of Jesus, we've been, we've just been, we've been grace gifted, right? Grace gifted. Here, here's, here's, a, here's another way to think about it too. Go deep dive into these verses, but also give as you have, have you, as you have received. If you want to learn uh, about gifting, just start giving what you've received. That's all you have to do. Just start giving what you have received. Have you, have you received mercy? Just start giving mercy. Have you received Help, just start giving help. If, have, you, have you received encouragement? Just start giving. Have you received forgiveness? Just start giving forgiveness, right? Has someone served you? Then you serve someone, right? How, whatever you have received, as each has received, give. Just, you just, listen. And in community, you learn to do this. And you, it's just like, 
you, you just begin to do it with the people that are around you that you know and with the people that you don't know. Just remember, okay, and this is partly why you're praying. God, thank you for what you have given. Thank you. You're worshiping. Thank you all I've received from you. you. Begin to recognize what you've received. And then you say, how can I give this away today? How can I give it away today? It's just a beautiful thing, right? There's so many verses, right? Accept one another then just as Christ has accepted you, right? And here's this. Lastly, I would just, there's so much to say on these things, but if honestly, I believe, pay attention to this. Things will move forward, right? From the shallow end to the deep end. It's great. Be spontaneous and committed as a way of life, right? Spontaneous and committed. This, by, by spontaneous, I mean be willing to serve on the fly. Just like on the fly. It was completely unplanned. You saw a need and you just served, right? Someone needed an act of service or a word of encouragement and it's just on the fly because serving is a way of life for you, right? And so it just doesn't have to be formal. It can just, it's our informal way of living with everybody around us all the time. We are servants of Jesus Christ, giving to others what we have received. So it just completely, it just puts salt and light in the world. Salt in the earth, light in the world. Just scatters it all about. Right? And here's another way. Um, do so in a committed way. Spontaneous and committed. In other words, this one happens on the fly. The other happens by design. We commit. We put ourselves in the position to influence and serve. So there's like inside, there's freezing nights training. If you want to serve, you want to serve those who are Without housing, right? Who are experiencing homelessness and in great need. If you want to be a part of that, here it is. You can serve. It's by design. And you say, I'm committed to this. I'm going to learn to do this. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to give my heart to it, right? Or maybe you want to, maybe you say, I mean, I, if Jesus loved children, I'm going to love children. So I want to serve. So there's a committed way in which you want to serve within children. Like on Sunday mornings, right? Or Wednesday nights. Or in, in some way. And you commit to it. You just like, you commit to getting it done. And uh, just let me speak a little bit to some of our habit here is that a lot of times we just simply serve within like, okay, I'm, only, I'm giving to God one hour and 15 minutes on Sunday morning. Well, that's not really enough to serve because what you want to do, you want to come to worship and you want to offer to God our worship and be refreshed in the word and you want to serve, right? So that means you need to give God on Sunday morning, you need to give God three hours of your time. Oh my goodness, God, can I give you three hours of my time? Yes, absolutely you can. God gave all of his time to you. And you are stewards of God's time that he's given to you. So you can. So, you can, so don't be afraid. Ask God. Step into the shallow and say, God, where, how do you want me? What are you talking to me about? Don't be afraid to talk to God about things that would change your life. Right? So just step into it. It's just, I mean, there's all kinds of examples and ways in which you can do that. And I, I can help you figure out what to do with the extra hour. And, you know, what am I going to do with my kids? And what? Talk to me. We'll, we'll, I, I have ideas. I don't have time to tell you. They're right here, written down. Had I the time to do it this morning. Okay, here's, here's the last thing. The litmus test for this, the litmus test for serving one another in the, in the right way is this. Right? God is praised. God himself is praised. Notice what the, what the message says, message translation. Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so they'll all get on, in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. 
That way God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus. And he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. On course to the end of time to Jesus Christ. Woohoo! God gets the glory, right? That's the key thing. Did God get any glory here? Did anything go to God? Was anybody (laughs) captivated by the goodness of God? Our good works are meant to impress others with the good God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. You just like, you you have captivated our hearts. You have made us alive. You, You are putting us together as living stones into a spiritual house. You're building us together in community of love and faith so that we can Offer Jesus to those around us. So now, in this moment of the sacrament, the bread and the cup, we humbly bow our hearts before the one who served us, who served us life by dying for us, by forgiving all of our sins, And by inviting us into his way of living in this world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I pray that as we partake of the sacrament today, you would change our minds and change our hearts and change our behavior to the honor and glory of our impressive God. Amen.